Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Good morning. This is Brother William Kantz with the lesson for this week. And this week's lesson comes from the book of Acts, chapter 25, 1 through 12. And the title of this week's lesson is Paul Appeals to Caesar, Standing Before Festus. Uh, we have one more lesson in this quarter, and it will be called Shipwrecked, and that comes from the book of Acts, chapter 27, the verses are 20 through 29, and chapter 27 again, verses 39 through 44. So let us read together from the New King James, this week's lesson, Acts 25, 1 through 12. And the text reads, Now when Festus had come to the province, after three days he went up from Caesarea to Jerusalem. Then the high priest and the chief men of the Jews informed him against Paul, and they petitioned him, asking a favor against him, that he would summon him to Jerusalem while they lay in ambush along the road to kill him. But Festus answered that Paul should be kept at Caesarea and that he himself was going there shortly. Therefore, he said, Let those who have authority among you go down with me and accuse this man to see if there is any fault in him. And when he had remained among them more than ten days, he went down to Caesarea. And the next day, sitting on the judgment seat, he commanded Paul to be brought. When he had come, the Jews who had come down from Jerusalem stood about and laid many serious complaints against Paul, which they could not prove. While he answered for himself, Neither against the law of the Jews, nor against the temple, nor against Caesar, have I offended in anything at all. But Festus, wanting to do the Jews a favor, answered Paul and said, Are you willing to go up to Jerusalem and there be judged before me concerning these things? So Paul said, I stand at Caesar's judgment seat where I ought to be judged. To the Jews I have done no wrong, as you very well know. For I am an offender. For if I am an offender, or have committed anything deserving of death, I do not object to dying, but if there is nothing in these things of which these men accuse me, no one can deliver me to them. I appeal to Caesar. Then Festus, when he had conferred with the council, answered, You have appealed to Caesar. To Caesar you shall go. Blessed be the readers, the hearers, and particularly the doers of God's holy and divine word. Worldly justice we're dealing with here. And worldly justice often is a condition of wealth, class, and knowledge. And this was true in the reality of Paul's time as well as in our time. Note Ecclesiastes 1 and 9. That which has been is what will be, 
That which is done is what will be done, and there is nothing new under the sun. In some cases, corruption in the system exists, and in some cases, there is outright bribery. Note Acts 24, verses 26. Meanwhile, he, had, he also hoped that money would be given him by Paul that he might release him. So Felix, had, in, the, in a previous lesson, Felix had sent for Paul often with the expectation of a negotiated payoff to release Paul. But Paul was not going to be a participant in buying his freedom. Meanwhile, the Jewish leaders continued to conspire and intrigue against Paul. Uh, as we read in Acts 23, the verse 13, now there were more than 40 who had formed this conspiracy. So there had been and continued to be a conspiracy of zealots, uh, Jewish zealots, who, who uh, were adamant at Paul being uh, killed. Rank and power, more often than impartiality, determines the outcome of a trial, both in the Roman courts as well as a modern courtroom. High-ranking Jewish leaders in Judea had determined Paul ought to die. After that, for them, it was a matter of how to get it done. As noted, we have the passage of, of two years since Paul had stood before Felix. Paul had been incarcerated for this time in Caesarea, awaiting uh, an outcome of uh, his situation. Now Festus was a new governor for the region. We know little about Festus, either from the secular history or the Bible, but we, but what we do know indicates he was a man of good character. Festus was not one to be pushed around by rumor and half-truth. He told the Jewish hierarchy in Jerusalem that he would be available in Caesarea to hear Paul's case. The Jewish accusers would have to travel the 60 miles or send proxies to argue the case against Paul. Paul was a Roman citizen and was due the degree of justice available. The new Roman governor, Festus, was not ready to defer to the Jewish authorities. The day the new governor arrived at his post of duty, he set Paul before his accusers. So he was ready to be finished with this uh, situation that he had inherited. Uh, when Felix, the previous governor, tried Paul, the Jews had brought an orator to serve as chief accuser. Note Acts 24 and verse 1. Now after five days, Ananias, the high priest, came down with the elders and a certain orator named Tertullus. Jewish elders and the high priest, Ananias himself, had come to that trial, well, to that hearing. Lesser officials seemed to be present this time. The Jews who were present laid many serious complaints against Paul 
but they could not prove any of them. No substance, no witnesses. You find that in Acts 25 and 7. The apostle, Paul, had plenty of testimony. He stands and states in verse 8, chapter 25, Acts, Neither against the law of the Jews, nor against the temple, nor against Caesar have I offended in anything at all. When Festus heard Paul, the Roman governor realized he had no charges to bring against him. Paul, who the Jews wanted to kill, was a Roman citizen and deserved Roman justice. The Roman commander in Jerusalem offered his service to protect Paul from harm initially when the rioters had attacked Paul. That was in chapter 23 and verse 27. This man was seized by the Jews and about to be killed by them. Coming with the troops, I rescued him, having learned that he was a Roman. Festus sought a diplomatic solution to the continued agitation of some Jewish zealots and, and the problem of continued incarceration of Paul without a true trial. The governor was in a political environment that demanded his attention to what many considered a Jewish doctrinal dispute. The governor's first concern, as the concern of all politicians then and now, was civil stability. In Judea, he was concerned about uh, the Jewish revolt that could occur at any time. He needed this Paul problem to go away. The governor put a proposal to Paul. He would simply turn the apostle over to his accusers. The Jews were, after all, Paul's people. He reasoned that two years had passed since the initial charges had been brought and perhaps the hatred toward Paul had dissipated. The governor proposed that Paul be transported to Jerusalem under guard and be tried there. Now, Paul knew that this plan though relieving the governor of responsibility, put him in dire straits as the Jews were prepared to murder him en route to Jerusalem. And the apostle had more confidence in Roman justice than he did in Jewish leadership. Paul availed himself of his right to appeal his case to Caesar. In Acts 25, verse 11, Paul states, I appeal to Caesar. In two instances in Acts, Paul had used his Roman citizenship in order to claim due process in that the law, the Roman law, should be honored for him. He did this at Philippi in Acts 16 and verse 37. When Paul said, but Paul said to them, 
They have beaten us openly, uncondemned Romans, and have thrown us into prison. And now, do they put us out secretly? No, indeed. Let them come themselves and get us out. So here he's, he's proclaiming his rights as a Roman citizen to be treated honorably. And another time in Jerusalem, Acts 22 and verse 25, And as they bound him with thongs, Paul said to the centurion who stood by, Is it lawful for you to scourge a man who is a Roman and uncondemned? He knew very well that scourging, uh, being a, uh, a terrible uh, punishment, was not something that the Romans would allow to a Roman citizen. A citizen whose parents were citizens had greater legal protections than the common resident in a Roman province. Paul announced he had been born a citizen in Acts 22 and verse 28. It reads, The commander answered, With a large sum of money I obtained this citizenship. And Paul said, But I was born a citizen. No one from the Jewish legal team could compel the Romans to return Paul to Jerusalem. Paul had wanted to go to Rome and preach the gospel for many years, Romans 15, verse 23b, having a great desire these many years to come to you, Paul pens. So in, a, in addition, Paul had been commissioned to witness in Rome. Note Acts 23 and verse 11. The following night, the Lord stood by him. Be of good cheer, Paul, for as you have testified for me in Jerusalem, so you must also bear witness at Rome. Paul insisted on continuing his trial in a Roman venue. Acts 25, verse 12. Then Festus, when he had conferred with the council, answered, You have appealed to Caesar. To Caesar you will go. So, Festus was willing in this way to rid himself of the trial and of the problems associated with Paul. He did not dare to deliver him to the Jews in violation of the Roman laws, and he was not willing to do justice to Paul and thus make him unpopular, make Festus unpopular with the Jews. He was probably rejoiced at the opportunity of freeing himself from this trouble in a manner where none could object. Paul's two years of imprisonment at Caesarea had come to an end. He was, in fact, on his way to Rome, where he indeed would testify. A perilous journey across the Mediterranean Sea lay before him. Our lesson next week, again, is entitled Shipwrecked, and the text will be Acts 27, verses 20 through 29, and Acts 27, 39 through 44.
Thank you very much for listening. Let us pray together, saints. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We thank you, Father, for, for being our God, for being for us through good times and tribulations, for being our God who, who sits high and, and looks low. Thank you, Father, for your, for your mercy, your grace, your long-suffering. Forgive us, Father, for our trespasses. Father, as, as we repent and, and seek your forgiveness for our shortcomings, we seek to, to be aligned with your righteousness, your, your hopeful glory, your, your peace. Thank you for sending your only begotten Son to this low ground of sorrow to teach, to model, ultimately to die on that old rugged cross for the sins of mankind. Thank you for the Church of Christ where men, women, boys, and girls could work out their soul salvation with fear and trembling. We pray for those who are near and those who are far off. We pray for your loving arms of protection to enfold all those who are in, in need and in dire need during these hard times. Give us all your wisdom to negotiate this these perilous times. Thank you for the sustaining voice of the Holy Spirit in our personal sojourn through this veil of tears. We pray that something was said today and during this lesson that, that was edifying and uplifting. We pray for leadership in your church, Father. We pray for the elders for the deacons to lead us as, as, shepherd, as shepherds in your ways. We pray for all who labor in your church. We pray for all who are listening or within the sound of my voice today and the extended families. We pray that uh, love and, and fellowship be extended to all, Father. Thank you, Father, for your love. These and all other blessings we ask in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening. Stay safe. Bye for now.